0: What's up, everybody? I'm here with Beast. And before we do anything else at all, Beast is going to teach us how to make a highball.
1: Highball time, baby. All righty. One big-ass cube. Not too crazy about that drop, but it's okay.
0: my friend. Kanpai. Thank you very much. You know, I've made these before after you've taught me and they never, mm. I'm not a mixologist at heart. Mm. Some people just have that. Like, you know, like some people could just put a brush to an easel and then just paint something right some on people, the canvas. Yeah, yeah. Some people just have that. You got that with foreign drinks, man. Yeah. I fucking, there's no way that I could just look and do
1: that. Yeah. So I figured that out. Uh, 2014, when I started getting into uh, Japanese liquors heavily, uh, I was at, um, I had just finished getting some tattoo work done. And uh, 2014, when I came back from Japan, Toki had just dropped, which is supposed to be the equivalent of the, I forgot the name of it, but it literally costs like $7 in Japan. That's it? Yeah, you can get it from any 7 Eleven, uh, Kakubin. Okay, Kakubin. That's the name of it. It's made by Suntory. They're definitely not going to sell that in America because of the fact that it's $7.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so I was at Kinokura, which is in Shibuya, but when, you, as everyone sees with the uh, Japanese anime flakes, and when they show those fancy tours, you look at the center square and you just go to the right and you go past the train underpath and you go one more block over. There's a, It's a chain izakaya, or you can drink kind of specials and I was like highball ginger okay it looks good let me try it oh my god this is the greatest thing I've ever had in my life (laughs) and my thing is I'm very sensitive to smell when it comes to when it comes to alcohol period Mm -hmm. so when the whiskey to chaser ratio is on the money I got to figure out how to do it oh yeah and I accidentally I was because you're not supposed to look at the the chefs and the bartenders but I kind of you know gave the side eye and I'm like Oh, that's how you do it. Okay. I got it. I got it now. And then right after that, I went back to my hotel room and I learned how to do it. And then that was it. That was the end of it.
0: That's pretty awesome. You know, I this is really embarrassing to say, but when I first started drinking, I was like, I was young. And I, I think I said something as ignorant and stupid as like, just pour the vodka in the glass. Real men don't need ice cubes. And I'm like, in, in my adult life, I'm like, you're the dumbest kid alive it's not about drinking more it's about as soon as the ice melts it creates that chemical mixture that changes the taste and And even with absinthe the ice kicks in and that's what makes it that's what gives you the herbs from it not just the
1: alcohol absolutely so yeah the aroma of it changes completely too and it's just like oh yeah this is the fancy experience hell yeah pinky's up (laughs) pinky's up like a savage but yeah
0: you know, it's, when you mentioned smell too, one of the things that uh, that really got me was uh, friends of mine in Taiwan. Um, you know, I'd gone there for six years, mm. like at least five times a year. And, you know, when you, there's work friends and then you have your actual friends. Yeah. And after a year or two, you figured out who's who. Who's who? Yeah. And my actual friends said, hey, I want to bring you to get stinky tofu. <laughs> and I, I started laughing. I was like, is that what it's called? And they're like, well, what we call it here. The literal translation is stinky tofu. So, yeah, stink tofu. I'm like, mm. okay. Fuck so we it. go in. We go down this alleyway in the night market. Night market's basically just, imagine, like, a New York City street fair, but at night. Mm. We're walking okay. down, and you could smell it before you even get to it. And I'm like... Authenticity stamp. Right. <laughs> and these are my friends, and not only that. Everybody knows I'll eat anything. So I'm like, my own thing always was I quietly watch somebody else eat it first. I don't want to be the butt of a joke, but whatever. So, we, I mean... This tofu hits in front of me, Mm. and I'm like, it smells like a combination between feet and ass. I mean, it is, I just, I'm looking at it like, oh, my God. And everybody else, no kink-shaming here.
1: (laughs) Not not even a remote amount of kink-shaming. No, not not trying to (laughs) kink-shame,
0: but a smell is a smell, so. And I just, everybody starts eating it, so I grab my chopsticks, and as soon as I bit into it, Boom. It was ridiculous, flavor town, yeah, and I'm sure part of it was that contrast, you know it's like a purple haze, yeah, that noise in front, and then you have this awesome riff after mm-hmm. I'm sure there was the contrast in that as well, yes. but that was it It's the last time I ever judged anything by smell, and now I learned to appreciate how the combination of senses would change change any experience, really
1: that actually happened with me when I went to uh meant Susumu for the first time because. Before they start, because it's a a ridiculous ramen shop. It's been featured on uh, Red Duck on Facebook. And uh, they have this thing where I think it's for 20 bucks. They stack the pork about a foot high in the bowl. But when they're preparing it, it smells funky. But then as soon as they start adding the, the soy and the additional broth... Then it starts coming to formation, and then as soon as it's mixed in with the broth, it's just like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, <laughs> cool. Now, now whiff it in, and you're like, oh, shit. And then you take your first bite and forget about it. Straight flavor town.
0: Oh, I love that stuff. <laughs> I have such an appreciation for food, and it's like my, uh, my mom, sweet lady, but she was the first to admit she can't cook. She does spaghetti and hot dogs and stuff. And my dad was a brilliant cook, but he dipped early, so I I, and I, mm. I didn't appreciate anything before. So when I we reconnected later, obviously, but there's that that chunk of time where your like palate is being refined to teenage years. Fat. And it was just so. It's. I was a little bit delayed in my uh, experiencing other foods. Better than some people though. I've run into people that are like grown ass adults that only eat mac and cheese and hamburgers because, uh, so, you know. Easy whatever. mode,
1: easy mode escapes. Yeah, every time that I've been to Japan since 09, I think the most, the first adventurous thing I did was um, I had started watching, um, this is the reason why I actually started streaming too, is um, there's a TV show called Game Center CX. Mm-hmm. And the main character, the host of the show is a comedian, Shinya Arino, he actually has, they actually made two video games off of his series. Really good games. Second one was never released in America, recently translated for the DS. And there would be segments where he would bounce between food places and game centers and stuff. And the one thing that threw me off, he went to this spot near Sensoji Temple and they had something there called omusoba. And I'm like, what is that? And it's an omelet with uh, soba noodles in it with oh. ketchup on it. And I was like, I don't know how I'm feeling about this, but at the same time, I'm playing Xevious because the tables were, were arcade cabinets. And I was like, playing Zebius. Oh, okay, 600 yen. I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. I sliced through it. And the freaking, the egg yolk just... And I'm like, ooh, this looks good.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. Fantastic. And then they give you ice cream at the end. It was, fan- it was ridiculous. It closed, but that, that was like, nah, I need to look at other spots now. I need to change my, my, my taste palette up just a little bit. But yeah. Like, that was one of the main influences. And then YouTube recently with uh, Paolo in Tokyo... And uh, Tobi Eats, two Japanese dudes that they literally hit every location in Japan, and then they go overseas and go to other locations. One of the recent episodes they had, they found a spot, I forgot which prefecture, maybe Kanagawa, that it was 40 vending machines, and it was food and drink and food and drink. Like, we're talking... Chasu ramen, and then in another one, it's a toasty sandwich, and then you have your beverages, and it's the old school pull the bottle out and oh, that's like neat. that. Yeah. So yeah, the taste palette for Japan uh, had to broaden that after the first trip. So when was the first time you actually went to Japan? Two thousand nine. What brought you there? Um, it was actually a friend of mine. I don't really talk to him like that anymore. He's doing his own thing. He used to run this website called Choc- CL Gamer, Chocolate Lemon. It was when uh, Justin Wong was still living in New York, mm-hmm. and then Jay Wong moved to the West Coast right after it, and the website just kind of died down. It was my first time over there, and uh, inexperienced Beast, we went to the one of the last big fighting game tournaments in Japan in uh, Super Battle Opera, which is uh, Tolgeki. We weren't able to go the first day because tickets were sold out, but we went the second day. The experience was off the chart. They, really? they, I'm not sure if they had rented Korakuen Hall or the Tokyo Dome because I can't remember the layout, but it was literally right next to the Tokyo Dome. They had one section where it was a stage and they had four to six candy cabs linked head to head. And then the live stream was on the theater screen. And the players would just, like, they would have literally pro-wrestling-style entrances. They'll talk to them for a split second, and then, boom, time for the matches. And the crazy thing about Togeki is it's one match. One, one match, like, and if you win that match, you advance. There's no two out of three. So it's just single elimination. Yeah. Oof, that's brutal. It was, <laughs> yeah, uh, the games they had that day were third strike, third strike was crazy. Tatsunoko versus Capcom, and Fate Unlimited Codes. And there were guys doing infinite and faint unlimited codes. And and then in the hallways of the venue, there were people serving food. And then they had cabinets on the side set to free play so everyone, anyone can just jump on. That's really cool. I got waxed. Yeah. <laughs> I stuck at third strike, but I got waxed. But it you know, was worth it. I
0: always tell everybody, it's the one thing about video games that's different than anything else is you could suck at video games and still really enjoy it. Whereas you can't suck at boxing and really enjoy it no can't suck absolutely ball you know what i mean it's like anybody could just jump in it's like for me personally though especially after meeting all of you guys and seeing some of the equipment you use that changed my opinion on fight sticks mm. um because i was well, i wasn't naive about it i yeah. didn't expect that you could use anything yeah but i had a good fight stick yeah. it wasn't bad at all but when i started using some of the pro level stuff That's when I realized I have no problem losing as long as I lose because I deserve to lose, not because the piece of equipment I use
1: is subpar in some way. See, we got to build you, I'm sorry to cut you off, but we got to build you an AFS stick. It's kind of similar to the one I have that has the two PCBs in it that lets you toggle between retro and modern on the fly. So I have a Velix,
0: mm-hmm. and then I have wired up direct DB15 G- Geostyle, mm-hmm. and then it's the Brook Retro in it. So Oh, you're and good. That was, uh, was Arturo Sabin's old stick. Yeah. And when I brought that home, I went right... From in one one thing up to the last mirror match in MK One, my favorite fighting game, mm. and that right away I was like, I usually die at least once in the first couple of mirror and matches. But it was just like, but, not today. And that's when I, it really hit me, like, wow, a, yeah. good, a good piece of equipment will change the way you play a game.
1: And what's crazy is the the parts that are on the Vuelix stock, because they're Hori's actual parts. Um, those are not arcade standard, but it's you know player standard, whatever. The arcade standard is actually Sanwa or Seimitsu, depending on what game center or arcade in Japan is using for said cabinet. What Sanwa has been the staple because it can last. Maybe a year or two, to, you know, through grueling gameplay until you have to change certain parts around.
0: Well, I mean, just to to clarify, for anybody who's looking to build their own stuff, last a year or two for consistent gameplay. Mm. I wish I had time to play more than I do, but mm. that same Sanma stuff would probably last me five years, mm. if not more, so...
1: Yeah, and thankfully, the parts are easily interchangeable, just just yeah. pop it in and go. And Except all- for the stick, you just gotta just... Pass a Phillips head to it. Right, right, right.
0: And they're all standard sizing, too, so you don't have to worry about that stuff.
1: Mounts right to the metal plate on the bottom of it. Easy work. So
0: So did Neo Geo cabs come with different buttons and sticks than everything else? Yeah. um, Because I vaguely remember it feeling a little bit different.
1: Okay. um, When I was... Because the first time I actually played a Neo Geo in America, the... It was a Maz. no, it was a, what is it, a HOP or IL uh, joystick with red, yellow, green, blue HOP buttons, I think, something like that. And um, that was the standard for America. Now in Japan, there were multiple variants of the cabinet. And if, if I remember correctly, I forgot which spot I was in last year, cause I was, I was, real, I was actually about to buy this cabinet while I was there. They were going to charge me eight hundred bucks for it. I just didn't have a source. Yeah, was it one of the sit down ones? It's a sit down one. It was it was blue. Oh yeah, it was the blue one, and it was uh, rare. Yeah, and it was it wasn't the thirty two winter. I think it was the twenty five or the twenty nine er. Pretty as hell, and on the one player side, it was a red ball. Red sun was thick with the Sama buttons to match with the game. Then on the Player 2 side, it's a blue top with a same color button layout. So that's the standard red, yellow, green, blue, or whatever order it is. Um, The smaller ones, the Candy 19s, this is where things get a little bit different because I believe those buttons were Saimitsu. I don't like how those buttons pop. It's weird.
0: It definitely feels different.
1: Yeah, they pop a certain type of way. It throws me off. But ABCD are on the bottom, and then D is up. Mm-hmm. Same with the second set, but I think that one was more for uh, beat em ups, shooters, anything not fighting. And yeah, in America, we only had the the, red, the big red cab. Right. Same color layout, just with American parts or European parts. And the tall sticks. Stuff. Yes. Like, uh, right. Bat tops. That's what they call
0: them? Yeah. That's what, uh, that's what I grew up playing. So when I see all these little shorty sticks now, it took me a while to, to adjust to that. You, but I see it now. It's less movement. It's just you, like uh, drag racing in a car. The less of a throw when you're shifting, the
1: better. You have to pretend, and Gutek said this best, you have to pretend you're an old, ni- you're an old Japanese man on his be- on his deathbed, and you just want to use as little motion possible for the best motion in-game. That's a good analogy. Yeah, because once he he said it like that, I just, like, I planted the, the bottom palm of my hand down, and I would just use, I would use my pinky to just hold it like a wine glass, and then just, all my inputs came from the palm of my hand. That's interesting. Daigo Umehara actually plays like that, but he actually holds it like an actual wine glass. Wow. Yeah.
0: Huh. I remember as a kid doing the exact opposite, which has got to be the worst thing to do, where you hold it pretty much from the top, and, you know, it's fun if you're doing, you know, Raiden's uh,
1: turbo thing across the screen, but that's about it, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, then I learned how to play with grapplers just a little bit, and I'm like, oh, churning butter is easier like this. (laughs) That's funny. So how'd you get started into all
0: this, just like Like most of us started playing
1: as a kid? Um... The fighting games are courtesy of my uncle. Uh, Five, six years old, me and my mom, we moved from East New York, from my dad to Bushwick. And there were days where he took me with him because across the street from where my grandmother lived, there was a taxi stand. Then right next to it was a, a bodega, a deli right there. And inside, Towards the door, there was a Neo Geo cab, and then towards the middle, near the register, there was a Street Fighter II Championship Edition. And he would nice. just, he would just maul people with Blanca in the most fanciest way possible. And he 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 had Blanca figured out. And then when Super came out, he switched to DJ because he he loved boxing, but he loved kickboxing even more. So when I seen him her, knock people up with DJ, it was, and when my brother would come down to visit, him and my brother would go back and forth with either DJ and Guile or DJ and Blanca. And it was just, oh my God, these two are nuts. And then when I started really playing, I'm just like, I'm just going to figure it out. And then I started on Ken, and then I jumped to Ryu just because his, he hit harder. And I was just like, okay, I'm sticking with Ryu, blah, blah, blah. And then I stopped with the fighting games, for a while and from there on it was just platform action and various fighters because now i'm 10 years old and my thing is bloody roar er guys a little bit of umk and um what's this other terrible fighting game <sighs> No, no no at that time mortal kombat 4 had just came out And everyone said I was a lunatic for it. Why are you playing Mortal Kombat? Fuck you. How about that? Damn right. I like it. That's why. (laughs) Just because... I think it was more so because I was the only one using Quan Chi correctly. Mm. Out of all of my friends. Run in. Instant Cabo. Through the floor. Come here. Wu (laughs) Lei. Jeez. Yeah. For me, it was when... uh, I mean, I was
0: super young. I think probably around the time we got a Nintendo every once in a while my dad would take me with him to the bar on Sundays for football Mm -hmm. which is funny because nowadays you get child services called in here for that but in hindsight that was such a positive part of my childhood. Like it's not like you took me out at two o'clock in the morning around a bunch of drunks and assholes. Like it's a bunch of people watching football on the biggest T V in town and they had the the golden tea. And that was back when they didn't uh, they couldn't figure out how to make the rollerball right so your skin would get pinched in the thing if you didn't get <laughs> right. And they had, you know, like some of the older ones. And I kinda of started there. There was still a place, to the ground round. Anybody that lived in you know Connecticut remembers the wings there, but and then there was an arcade in the Danbury Mall that had uh, Afterburner, uh, Race Driving, which was so neat to play in the arcade and such a terrible game on every console it was released on. Ugh. Yeah. Oh. oh
1: man. Uh, see, the, but the thing about Street Fighter was there was no way I was getting on to play because I couldn't reach the sticks. So they would have oh, yeah. The, yeah they would have the crates by the Neo Geo instead. So instead of playing Street Fighter first, I ended up playing Fatal Fury. And I I would try to do certain moves because I would just pick either Joe or Terry. I didn't like Andy for whatever reason. I still don't like him. Fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know why. It's just whatever. (laughs) He's too acrobatic for his own good. Um, And when when I was figuring out after you, because all I was doing was just hitting buttons just to try to counter everything. And then after you do a a bonus stage or whatever, it would tell you do this, then this, and then this move comes. I'm like, oh, you could do that? And then power wave. And I'm like, oh, shit, the game has changed. And then I got better at that. And then when I transitioned over to Street Fighter, like a couple of weeks later, Ryu did the same thing. And I'm like, oh, I could do this too. Cool. And then people wanted to fight me because all I did was fireball and dragon punch. Jump in! Show where you can hold that. <laughs>
0: that's funny. So we, where we lived when I was a kid, wasn't, I didn't get consistent arcade gameplay. Just, mm. just my NES. But then once we moved to Bridgeport, that's when there was a pizza place down the street that had mm. Mortal Kombat. And then we would always end up meeting family at this one place, Duchess, uh, that had Mortal Kombat. And then it had World Heroes next to it in the mm. Cab and that, that was it that was I mean we were there at least three times a week Pick deathmatch deathmatch oh it was awesome into the
1: turnbuckle yep. y- yeah uh, right next to the taxi stand there was also a pizza shop too And but they would this was when I was introduced to uh, they had game ground they had game ground Michael Jackson's Moonwalker Mortal Kombat and then behind near the window they had Blades of Steel Mm. Blades of Steel was a mind fuck because my, back when the Jeffrey Dollars were a thing, my Uncle Larry, That's like stories, my, yeah. my Uncle Larry bought me Blades of Steel in Final Fight. And I'm looking at Blades of Steel in the arcade, I'm like, whoa, what is this? And my Uncle Larry was like, oh, Chris, I just got that for you. It's, a, it's for the it's a, what? And then go back to the house, sure enough, it's right there waiting for me. And then Mortal Kombat, when I saw that for the first time, and everyone and their mother was up in arms about it of how violent it was, and there was this one kid, his name was Ter- his name was Terrell, and he just he beat someone, and he just head pull. I was like, that is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Me too. You know, my my mom was pretty strict. Her
0: parents were the first generation born in America, but they were in that very insular Eastern European thing, so, you know, they were like that halfway point between American and Eastern Europe, uh, so it's like, they were pretty strict, and then, but I'll never forget the first time I brought Mortal Kombat home, I think it was on, I got the Super Nintendo version, and it did the Sub-Zero, ripped the the skull and uh, spinal cord out. And I was just giggling. And I still giggle to this day. And my mom comes in, and she starts giggling. Because she knows. like, That's not... This is cartoon, Mm -hmm. silly violence. Same thing with heavy metal. There was some uppity parent who was like, I would never let my kid listen to Megadeth. And she's like... Her, you know, she was, she still is a super polite lady, so she she said something, oh, well, and just moved along. But when we got in the car, she was like, you listen for the guitars. And by the way, that song is about getting divorced, not
1: about <laughs> <by> the devil. <laughs> yes. Souls. yes. Like... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, um, it was when cable TV was transitioning to where it was getting more channels. Mm-hmm. And at this time, I was watching... I still have no idea how I managed to find this. I'm seven years old and heavy metal comes on the television at two in the morning. And the only thing you remember is the first person getting sacrificed and you're like, ah, uh-huh, wait a minute. And, and then like, I fell asleep through half of it. And then the chick comes out of the, I forgot her name, but she's a mute and she just comes out of the thing naked, puts on the armor and she just starts fucking shit up. And this is, You, you know, know, I still have never seen that movie in its entirety. After it, all these years? It, You'd think I would have. There's right. like three to four stories in the beginning. Mm-hmm. There's like three to four. And then the main one is the girl from the beginning in the end. And the soundtrack is so good. i got to give that another the chance. The soundtrack is so good. I, I don't know, know why. I never, I never really... It's so worth chance, it. But. Like, the part that had me in stitches was a robot is smashing a human chick. And she's over here. Well, did you ever think about getting married? What are you talking about? <laughs> a robot. Yeah, a robot with a cigar in his hand at the end of the... (laughs) What? Yeah, everybody always told me I'd
0: like that. I don't know why. I I just... I was always scatterbrained. Just
1: don't watch 2000. 2000 pulls away from the hilarity that's part one.
0: I, I like his silly stuff like that. You know the band Lordy? Absolutely. They uh, they sacrifice their roadie every at every show, but it's like it's an axe that's like a floppy rubber axe, and it's like little kids in the crowd are like, "Yay!" Like, <laughs> it's the most lighthearted, silly, fun thing in the world, and it's just I, it's, it's it's enjoyable just just let loose like that. That's
1: you know? just like how um in uh the the AEW guys uh, the Young Bucks. Every time something goes wrong, they end up killing their translator every time. (laughs) What happened to Masa? (laughs) And then Masa's just like, it looks like he's dead, but he's actually like passed out drunk or something. Yeah, it's like, wait, where's Masa? Wait, we gave him the wrong drink. Fuck. (laughs) We got to go now. (laughs) We got to find a Cracker Barrel now.
0: (laughs) Jeez. Like Lordy is, uh, not Lordy, uh, Guar. I think every show they've ever done, they just pick a random celebrity and then just, uh, it's a cardboard cutout and they sacrifice on stage.
1: I learned about them courtesy of Beavis and Butthead at six years old my mother hated the fact that I watched <laughs> that <laughs> show and I'm just like they're just critiquing videos 99% of the time I don't get it it's hilarious oh that's funny <laughs> and then the, when they finally made it to a guar concert I was so happy I'm like yeah they finally did it with the fake blood in it, oh yeah it,
0: hysterical yeah I saw them in uh, I saw them twice I think once was it, like, it was about 100 degrees out in an open-air thing in oof, mass. Big oof. And it, yeah, it was, um, it was the day before my 25th birthday, and I go to buy beer, and they say no out-of-state IDs can buy alcohol unless you're 25. I'm like, but I'm going to be in, like, yeah. an hour and a half, and they're like, too bad, get out of here. Coxsuckers. So I just had to sit in there in the sun, boiling, angry. Ugh. But then it was, like, a guar trivium. In flames and kill switch, so yeah, it was a...
1: That's a good fucking lineup.
0: Yes, it was. Yes, it was.
1: Fuck yeah, that's a good fucking lineup. Holy shit. And then
0: they shut down the highway on the way home, so it was a four-hour drive home. Aw, brutal. I used to get hit. So to this day, every time I go to a concert in the city, I've been in Manhattan three years... I get this weird sense of, of being, of just surreal, like I'm dreaming. Like, I went to see Killswitch at Terminal 5. You I did mention home that. in a shorter time. I was showered in my bed before I would have gotten to Grand Central. And these are the bands that I used to travel hours to see. Oh, so man. I will never take that
1: shit for me. Nah, no, hell yeah. Fuck. Refill?
0: Uh, refill.
1: Let's do it. You, you grab the thing. Let me check the, the cameras. But yeah, as we're refilling... Yeah, freaking. I can't wait to get back to Japan. I actually, fun fact um, everyone gave me shit when uh, I discovered baby metal. And I'm like, what? It's the perfect fusion of cutesy anime chicks and metal. What, what's going on? And the, what was even more amazing was uh, I forgot who it was. It was either someone from. Was it Slayer? Metallica? I forgot, but they gave him, like, the complete thumbs up. They were like, what do you... Or was it Rob Zombie? A a lot of people. It's one of those. It was one of those that they interviewed, and they were like, yo, this shit works. Like, if it works for them, let them have it. I know
0: so many people like it, but I just... The first time I saw it, I felt like a pedophile. Like, why are we (laughs) looking at, like... Scantily clad Japanese children singing heavy metal with some adults on stage to them. I don't get it.
1: No, but the 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 throw off point is they look young, but they're actually much older than many people. Like they're early twenties.
0: Alright. Yeah. Enough.
1: So one were like twelve. One was seventeen. But the other two were like nineteen, and the oldest one was like twenty something. So I'm, like,
0: not, okay. I'm not just trying to be a racist and say that Japanese people look younger. I'm, I legit thought they were like twelve year old girls. I thought that's what they were advertised as.
1: Nah, that's that. It's the idol culture, really. That, yeah. that, that's one thing that I I understand, but I need to know a few more songs in you know, order before I can actually go to an event to actually enjoy it. Yeah, but well, majority of the time. Majority of the time, um, like, I, I think I've ever been to one Idol concert, AKB48, Akihabara, maybe 2015, and it's a small space. It's, it's It gets really hard to breathe, but all I remember was they sang two of my songs from two different animes that I watched, and I was like, okay, I can leave now. I can go home now. We're good. Cheers. Cheers, bruv. Come by.
0: When uh, I think Rammstein's coming out, coming around again in like six months, you gotta come with me. They're the most insane band I've ever seen. I saw them in New Jersey.
1: You did? Yes. Uh, 05, 06? Oh five, oh six. It was okay. when it was when I forgot. It was the their... Family
0: value store. Yes. Before they they kind of gave up on everything. Yeah. On yeah.
1: I saw, I went because uh, this guy I used to play DDR with in uh, the Willowbrook Mall. He was like, "Yo, I'm getting tickets. Do you want to come?" I'm like fuck it let's do it and we went and it was so much fun and then after that we went to buffalo wild wings that same night it was uh, Tr- uh tito trinidad was fighting oh, yeah. and we were just like yo fuck it
0: good night buffalo wild wings worst wings i've ever had no no, no all of them, them. every everyone across the country i've ever been to worst wings ever i had.
1: can't remember if it no it wasn't even Buff- i'm sorry it wasn't buffalo wild wings it was hooters it was some good wings, yeah. Yeah, it was Hooters, and the food was really good. I got a I got a bugged out state club that that messed my head up forever. It was a good night. It was a mm-hmm. really good night.
0: It's so the last time I was even in one of those things. I used to date a chick who grew up with Forrest Griffin.
1: Oh.
0: And it was uh, one of the matches that he lost. She was flipping out. <laughs> we got thrown out. She was making too much noise. They thought, I mean, they probably would have thrown us out anyway. They thought we, uh, they didn't throw us out, but they basically
1: inferred that we should not be there. because It was too loud, but. That was, that was the, that man is the reason why the UFC still exists. You think? Just because of the uh, publicity that he got through everything? So, I was a huge, I was an MMA guy since eight, nine years old because I accidentally there was a when I used to stay at my dad's on the weekends from 6 and up it was a video store down the block and the VHS's were like $2 Mm -hmm. so I see Ultimate Fighting Championships and I'm like fighting looks like pro wrestling so bought one, rented one of the cassettes for the night and that was the one that I had rented was the one that Ken Shamrock had just won the championship and at the same time he was competing in WWF and I'm looking at this and I'm like this ain't wrestling. These dudes are fucking each other up. And my dad is watching, and he's like, holy shit. Go ahead, and Ken Shamrock was winning with fucking crazy submissions. And then that night, he had the feud with The Rock where The Rock freaking pulled a pair of brass knucks and yes. clocked him in the face and threw the... No, no, no. He, he ate a hit and then threw the knucks in Shamrock's his trunks. And I was like, oh, my God, wait a minute. What? Wrestling is scripted. And then, you know, and then... That's that was yeah. That's when I figured it all out. I was so young, but you know I never gave a shit that it was scripted because you can't fake the
0: athleticism of those. People.
1: Exactly. It just
0: it's scripted or not. Like some of the just some of the basic stuff. I mean, let's forget for one minute about some of the acrobatics and the amazing feats of nature. Yeah. Just jumping off of something thirty fucking feet high onto something else. Yeah. Not alone. You can't fake that. You can't oh put a wire gosh. like lightly oh. come down.
1: I'm going to tell you something. Um, The one, I was at a Ring of Honor show at the Hammerstein uh, a year or two ago. This is before All Elite Wrestling came into the fray. And I I had balcony seats. And Hangman Page did a fucking moonsault from the balcony to the main floor. Jeez. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I was just like holy dog shit that was amazing you this, know there's this, something it's, there's something about a good heel too I see MJF times. MJF best heel <laughs> even
0: when um, I went to what was it, the uh, medieval times one of my friends wanted to go just just a few months ago for her birthday and we all went and sat out. and whoever was the bad guy that day was wonderful he was like antagonizing the little kids in the front row, but like we you know what I mean when I say that yeah. he wasn't actually picking on little kids. But he was the perfect heel. He made like the whole tables that were right Cry. Him, the whole they made their whole night. Everybody had a wonderful night because he was such a wonderful bad guy. You know, I mean, he, it was it was really cool. I, it's, it changes the dynamic when you have a really good bad guy and like, like that.
1: Like right now, and um, like we all know for an absolute fact, Chris Jericho can make anybody. Mm. Uh, MJF right now, he's one of the best things to come into fruition with AEW because he's better than you and he know, and you know it <laughs> like when, as soon as they, they brought him in for fighter fest, uh, back in June, July ish for CEO, he was like, I don't play video games. I'm getting laid out. <laughs> He's going in and everyone's booing him and then he gets his ass handed but he doesn't actually take a loss. It's... That's fun Yeah, the dynamic is hysterical.
0: I uh, I watched that for quite a while when I, in like early 2000s when I allegedly maybe figured out a way to get direct TV for free. So we would... That's always we fun. we watch all the pay-per-views for like the two years I had it. It was really cool but, you know, it, the, the harder you start hitting some hobbies the more you gotta start cutting back on others. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's like... The only sports I watch regularly anymore are football. I used to get into Premier League soccer, too. Mm. I can't even follow that. I don't know what time.
1: That's the same with me for MMA. And going back to the Forrest Griffin thing, yeah, the reality show into the finals, that's the reason why the UFC is still breathing right now. Aside from the the buyout when uh, WSG, I forgot, the company in China freaking bought it out. From the Fertitas and they made out with a pretty good penny, mm. A couple billion, maybe, Jeez. yeah, four point something bill, give or take some with a B billion. Yeah, billion a million. Well, don't someone fact check me? Fact check me on that, please. Yeah, you too, fact check me. You know, if I ever came into
0: millions of dollars, my life wouldn't, well, my day to day wouldn't change. I just would be in a in a, an apartment that I could actually fit stuff in, <laughs> <laughs> like. You know what, I'd probably have some more toys, but my day-to-day, I'd, I'd be the same exact person. Mm-hmm. I'd certainly travel more, too. Yeah. And then my fat ass would be in first class, because i I'd fit better. Yes. But billion with a B? Yeah. I think I'd buy an island and just disappear. I'd yeah. I'd have a private jet, fly back to hang out with my friends, That's and then go it. back to my island and turn into a fucking hermit. I'd probably be skinny. I'd want an island with uh, waves, so I'd learn how to surf.
1: I just wanted to do that. Yeah. Surfing, I can't do. My balance is all jacked up. The most you get out of me is DDR and maybe some deadlifts. That's it. You know, you say that,
0: but I, I don't really have that much balance or coordination, but I rode a motorcycle for years. I used to race a little bit for fun, not for professionally. Never dropped once. Mm. Play guitar, decent enough to have played live in front of some big crowds. Nice. And, you know, not embarrassed myself. So it's weird, even though you might not be the most coordinated. I mean, you did, I got the video you did the DDR. <laughs> so I, I'd certainly like to try it. Where the hell am I gonna surf in Connecticut in, in New York? Yeah, uh, it's kind of trash. you have to go down to the, I think the closest place that you could actually get legit surfing and, and practice is like Cocoa Beach, Florida.
1: Yeah. See, I wish I had basketball shoes on that time. It would have been a better, it would have been a better end sequence. Don't play DDR with Air Force One Seekers. Those things suck. <laughs>
0: Once again, just like your stick, right? Your arcade stick, your tools, your shoes, yeah. right? Yep. Something? That's
1: it. Uh yeah. I that's another thing in the future that I want to invest in as well, is a DDR cab. And just have a buddy of mine who he knows how to service these things to the T he's ridiculous. His name is Sigma, out of uh not Massachusetts, right before Massachusetts or maybe a little bit after? No. Connecticut. It'll, it'll come to me a little uh, bit north later. North from here. <laughs> yeah, it's north from here. But, yeah, he's, he's one of the reasons why the music game community in his area is, like, striving, because he actually owns a Dance Dance Revolution cap. He owns an, uh, Beat Mania, uh, Drum Mania, Guitar Hero, Sound Voltex, and all those other music games, the Bimani commu- uh, music games. He's absolutely ridiculous with that. I've been to his place a few times, and he installed... He has a, He also has a Sega Astro, uh, Astro, Astro City, and originally it was set Tate because he bought it from Tokyo Game Action, which was an awesome arcade out of uh, Wichita, Massachusetts, and he bought some of the cabs there, put it in his basement, and he changed it from Tate to Yoko, uh, vertical to horizontal, put Tetris the Grandmaster. He didn't know I played, and he was just like, what? And I'm like, yeah, son, you got a rival map. What? A- awesome. <laughs> yeah.
0: So those cabs, the Astro Cities, yes. you can switch them from from vertical to
1: horizontal, but yes. you have to
0: take it apart and reassemble it.
1: So in order to do it, the easiest way possible is you unplug everything, obviously, lay it on its back, and then just lift the lift the fold the control panel and then lift the um, access panel, and then you unscrew the bolts on the screen, lift it. Set it back down, rescrew, and then turn the bezel to match to match with the video orientation. But what are the ones that you
0: were talking about that just do it? Like the
1: Egrit Twos. Egrit Twos. Yeah, I really, I think I would love one of those. You would love it. Isn't it a like twenty-seven inch
0: two or something?
1: Twenty-nine. Yeah, it's a beautiful. And the best part is, you lift the the access panel up. There's a little locking mechanism there. You just flip it, and then the whole and you pull the screen upward just a little bit. And then you just eh, eh, lock and then that's you take awesome. the then you take the top bezel from the top of the access panel lock done that's perfect that's I, a that's another massive want that I genuinely want I'd love to
0: build a mister into that and then what I would really like to do actually is just have a couple of my favorite um, obviously it wouldn't be MK because I don't think those could do twenty four uh, kilohertz refresh rate those, be able to,
1: those are but still, yeah, always it was a mix of original
0: um, ca- uh, boards in the Mister. I, I do enjoy a Raspberry Pi machine, but okay. um, I enjoy them with, like, the mini arcades, yeah. but, like the conversions. Like, um, you know, you, we've all seen the arcade cabs that are those generic ones. Yeah. They, they were never an MK. They were never a Neo Geo. They were yeah, yeah, generic. Yeah. I like taking those and putting Raspberry Pi. Right, in, right. But never the originals and stuff yeah. like that.
1: My recommendation would probably be to opt for... If you want to get all the resolutions correctly, uh, say the new Net City, just right. because it's a Tri-Sync monitor out yep. back. And uh, the best thing about it is uh, you can... Even though it's JVS-based, you can grab the Jamifier and the Tri-Sync helper mm-hmm. and then just, bloop, plug in whatever you want. You won't have to do much wire tampering either because uh, when me and the guys had uh, Mortal Kombat at iFix, rest in peace, we had... um what's his guy's name? We had Pai Chin there. He's one of the sickest Cody players in Street Fighter 4 ever. Mm. I was a fanboy of his. That's all. I met him and I'm like, bro, I'm fanboying, but it's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we were calibrating the controls to get Mortal Kombat working and then he started doing his rain and his smoke bullshit and it was just like, oh shit, that's it. And then everyone started lining up and it was just a fucking clusterfuck of awesome that night. That's cool as hell. But yeah, like I said, just grab a new net, and if you're not going to do a lot of yoko and tate stuff, if you just leave a yoko, just you know horizontal. <laughs> new net city is definitely for you. So
0: one of the things I saw, you know, RGB Pi, the theme yes. is now JAMMA and SCART. Yes. Um, two, two, not the same board. They have a feature in there where you you set global video settings. So you plug it into your cab, and you you know you stretch it exactly, you get your geometry right, yep. and then it automatically now it it will. It will generate the original signal, okay. But it, it'll automatically do the stretching and geometry to match. Nice. I'd love to see something like that eventually integrated into Mister, Oof. so you can do the same thing. You could have your, you know, your vertical and your horizontal settings, and it just automatically gets applied to whatever core that yeah. you use.
1: I, I'm definitely planning on investing in a Mister in the future, but my finances are shot until I get my credit cards cleaned out. But the idea of having a box that can perfectly simulate everything arcade and the yeah. only thing I gotta do is plug in a fight stick to play correctly, or if I can throw it into a cab with two PS three sixties via USB, that's that's a luxury right there. That's yeah, a massive luxury. I, I will luxury.
0: never get rid of my CPS two kit. Same. I'll never get rid of my MKs. But if I could have even if it's an almost perfect recreation but with no lag. Yeah. Because that's, you know, a lot of people call us elitist for the stuff that we do, but they don't seem to realize what we're chasing. And it's like...
1: And the amount of work we're putting into it as well. Right.
0: Yeah, not, you know, adding lag or having things... Like, the one thing I always complain about is progressive processed is interlaced. Mm -hmm. So you get that headache if you look at the shaking for a while. Like, having a not-so-perfect image is fine. It doesn't take away from the experience. But having something that shakes... That's wobbling? Yeah, it's just like, bro, no, I can't do it. Yeah, and uh, I, I I can't stand variable lag. It drives me nuts. And so many people, even with the video I just put out about the um, Genesis Mini lag. Yes, so many. I actually like, saw that, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, so many people are like, oh yeah, well it's it's fine for casual.
1: It's you only say that because you don't understand what's happening. And you're you're not as uh, sensitive to lag as other people. Well, for for stuff like. You know, one to two frames
0: a lag, that's a fair statement. But when you talk about three to seven, that means that means you could pick up your cell phone, you could download Sonic the Hedgehog, and have a better experience with touchscreen controls on your cell phone than you could with the Genesis
1: Mini. And an actual controller. You don't
0: need to be an expert to understand that, you know what I mean? And th- that's the stuff that pisses me off. Yeah. It still is one cool looking little thing though. Fact. Big fact. I'm, I'm happy I bought it for that. And uh, I already took apart one of the controllers and soldered in the LED thing, Yeah. So, uh, so I now that. that's going to be my Mr. Controller. Yeah. Uh, any Genesis or SMS, that's going to be for me.
1: I'll be honest, since they're half there, what you call it, they already do- delved into the uh, Neo Geo stuff. I'm definitely looking forward to them doing um, CPS 2.
0: CPS 1 and 2, yeah.
1: CPS 1 and 2. But more specifically, the Rising Shmups.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: that's, my, like, that's my blood type. You're, if, you're, if we're talking Battle Gorega, um, Battle Backraid, Bat Batrider, those are my top shmups that I, I physically own PCB-wise. I paid a pretty penny for them, 1,000% <laughs> worth it. The cheapest one I paid for was uh, Gorega before I went to Japan to get my back done, actually. Mm. I paid 400 bucks. That's a good price, and I look online now. It's like a thousand dollars. The team
0: that's working behind it all—that's M two, baby. No, I'm talking about the Mister. Uh, oh, got, I mean Furtech. You know he decaps them the chips. And Microsoft. Oh, dude, I cannot microscope, microscope, and all that. Nietego, so that guy's fucking amazing. And his Patreon. I mean, you're not just supporting his work. You're also getting an education in development. Every one of his Patreon posts is like this amazing run-through of everything he's been working on. And I believe he posts in Spanish as well, which I love that. I wish I was bilingual, so I could I would do that all the time if I could.
1: I'm working. Well. Speaking of bilingual, the only... I speak three languages. English, a little bit of Japanese, and a little bit of Spanish. Spanish only comes out when I'm hungry. My Japanese... That freaked
0: me out when I saw it. <laughs> we went to get dinner that day. And you're like, what are you getting? And you ordered the whole thing
1: in Spanish. And I ordered the whole thing in Spanish. Yeah. And you was like, wait, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, I'm Puerto Rican, but my Spanish only comes out when I'm hungry. And then in That's Japanese, funny. I can have semi-full-blown conversations with people. That's awesome. It helps. That's How actually... Did you learn Japanese? Um... My friend that used to run CL Gamer, he put me onto the Pims Lloyd's audiobooks so I can speak it. But reading and writing it, you're assed out. You're not going to yeah. get that from me. So that's how I was able to communicate with um, the owner of uh, one of the PCB stores when I was trying to find Batrider. Like, I just got my back done. I was good. I was on feel-good mode. I had picked up a lot of really good games that year. And I said, I'm going to take a gamble. Let me contact the guys from Try. See what happens. Send him an email, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, he goes, hey, we just got a copy of Batrider and it's complete. Oh, how much do you want for it? Oh, it's 80,000 yen, 800 bucks. I'll be there in an hour. (laughs) I jump on the Ginza train to Suahirocho, which is where Akihabara is. His shop is three blocks from the train station, so I got myself some green tea ice cream before going in. Go upstairs, knock on the door. Dozo! Go all the way to the back. Ah, go kudasai. Ah, Chrisu, He did I was like, ah, Yamada-san, genki. No. And then he, he's like, Oi, this. Ito Gambling wo tsukurimasu ka? And I'm like, am I a gambling man? Absolutely. <laughs> and then he goes, Bonus boss wa de, demo Derito, San And I'm like, really? In other words, he's telling me if I can show him a bonus boss, and Batrider, he'll shave off 200 bucks off the, so he puts it in, a, he fires up a super gun and he has, the, he has the tube, you know, on a roll cage as a display setup, and he fucking puts it sideways. So I'm like this. I know something you don't know, but I got something to tell you. I hit the coin button a couple times and I did it because if you do the Konami code, you unlock all characters and you unlock bonus modes soon as I did that, he was like, oh, <laughs> you're one of those guys. And I chose my man, Straw Man, Big Straw. I chose uh, Midori, and I chose Carpet Girl. That's the, that's the powerhouse team. Like You pick that team, the entire game is a cakewalk unless you suck at dodging or grazing. And I clear the first stage, and I do the instant extend, which gives you a bonus life when you're not supposed to get it. Mm-hmm. And then I chose the easiest second, the easiest... Uh, bonus boss encounter and I got the first and he was like no 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 one more one more and I did it a second time and he cuts the super gun off he's like okay you could have it I'm like, yeah <laughs> okay fine I'm like yeah let's go I love that I, I actually I actually told that story on a forum and they were like what is the craziest experience you have I told them that story and they sent me a fucking thing of uh, uh, shot glasses from One Piece and I ended, I kept, t- I kept two and I gave the rest to a friend of mine. That's and awesome. yeah, I was just like, yep, it's lit. I still have the PCB. I love the game to death. That game is the definition of the 80s putting into a bullet hell. Really? Yeah, of the late 80s. Because, you know, back in the day with RoboCop and RoboCop 1 through 3, you know, those yeah. types of criminals and shit. But then we had monsters from like, we had the the Terminator mm-hmm. and then Alien. We had, It's shit like that that's extracted and thrown into a bullet hell that's literally what it is yeah yeah and, the, and, and the music was, uh, and the music is just
0: oh it's so good yeah that's for sure
1: i think my first ever shooter was
0: 1943 good game i really like that i never got too far in it but we even got like a like a flight stick controller with suction cups yes the so that you can play it that way with the turbo it's a good game yeah it was a, i really enjoyed that one
1: the next time you decide to make it out to Japan we gotta check out um, Natsuge Museum which uh, it's a small it's a very small game center it's like half the size of this and
0: yeah I would really want to go I'm still doing this next year I'm in 100% and
1: uh, in the center it's uh, cocktail cabinets you know you play and you have your drink here but the games that they have are shit like Fantasy Zone ZVS good shit and then on the far left it's the, it's the 1980s sit-down Sega Cities. And I remember when I was there last year, one of the games they, they had was Shinobi, and right next to it was Shadow Dancer. Hmm. And then right next to it was a Thunderblade. I, I like
0: Thunder And then yeah.
1: they had, like, three egrets here, and then they had a super hang-on, and then they had, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't, like, space doesn't mean shit to me. But when I see nothing but quality around me, it's like, oh, no, nah, I need to hang out here for a little bit. Yeah. And that's also where I bought the fucking uh, the Sega-themed SD cards from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got yeah. the Sega SD cards. I got my aunt a uh, Pac-Man tote bag. And I was like, DTJ, look what I got you. And it's Miss Pac-Man on it. That's her shit. You know, what you said about quality is 100% true, though. Like, if you want
0: to just go in and play some games and drink some beers, so there's nothing wrong with Arcade. Sometimes I shit on it just for other reasons. Yeah. I think I, rumors I've heard about the owners of the Brooklyn one drive me nuts. Aside but.
1: from the fact that the sticks don't work 99% of the time.
0: Right. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's the one thing where as long as it's actually working. Yeah. Whatever. That's a neat little way to go in there and just play a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. But if you play past five, maybe ten minutes max... You can't, you can't sit on those. No. Like I love Daytona. I could own that. I could play that every day and every get bored. Same. I want to outrun both of those. games. Outrun.
1: No. Yeah. It's a luxury playing on an actual working cabinet. Like, at
0: um. I just bought one.
1: Warehouse. I just got no place to put it, so it's sitting still. The dude's That's been nice sick. enough to
0: let me leave it there. But I, I gotta get. It. I was supposed to get it out last month. I just, I, I don't know where the time went, but.
1: Yeah, I really like I can't bore my I couldn't put it here. So. <laughs> <laughs> like that Uh Mikado had an outrun but then the CRT blew out so they left a the computer CRT in and now it's just yep. And then and then and then the music keeps playing and you just get happier and happier but then you go to Kawasaki warehouse and those dudes their first floor where their garage is is their storage facility. Because mm-hmm. there's, like, a bigger. A- I accidentally saw it, and I was just like... Yeah. And then they were like, sir, excuse me, you can't be here. I'm, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I saw a brand-new fucking... Uh, hit, what is it? The, oh, my God. The Toshiba tri they had They had them boxed. They had Toshiba wow. tri boxed. I was like they had Toshiba Trisyncs they had Nanao and they had um something else. I for, I couldn't even tell what brand it was. Japanese writing, but everything was boxed and I'm just like huh?
0: if I ever got a chance to pick up a new old socket or anything like that, I would do it and then I would I would squirrel it away and get it to anything but scalpers. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You know museums uh, arcades that are dedicated for quality. Not, yeah. not You know, once again, no offense. Not arcades. Yeah. That's. I would make sure. I, I would. I would only. I would only profit off of how much it costs to store them. Yeah. I wouldn't ask for a penny more other than what the total cost of ownership is. Yeah. Because I just want to see more. I just want to see more people take the time to restore this stuff. So, and it's just it's. There's never going to be a way to truly replace crts fact with 8k tvs if you get a, like it, theoretically an 8k oled with perfect scanline emulation yeah. could come couldn't come close enough to the point where you're not going to change the experience right but it's still not a beam of light drawing a signal across a piece of glass so fast that a frame retains in your brain for the entire 16.5 milliseconds. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, it's a different look, and it's not. That's why the um, with the, ex, um, the panel I've been doing the expos this yes. year, I don't know why I drew a blank. We're only too deep, but uh, that's why I thought that was so important because I had a bunch of people come up to me going like, I didn't. I didn't really get it until I saw everything side by side. Yeah. You know. that's... So Hopefully I'll turn that into a video.
1: Yeah, those panels... See, I was even in the background, and I actually came in with a really good assist at uh, a video game con when uh, the dude was asking about light gun games. Yeah. Um, Because I didn't know if you knew it. He was like, well, what about PlayStation 1 games? And I was just in the cut, like, yo, use Time Crisis. It helps. Um, Yeah, seeing everything lined up side by side, it's just like, okay, these people have to understand what's being thrown in front of them. Yeah, because
0: and, I mean, it's just once again. It's, but how would somebody know if they had never seen it in person, side by side? That's why I never shame anybody for this stuff. That's why I, I never. That's why I get so annoyed when people call me the RGB elitist because that is the opposite of me at all. Like, if you if you've never seen it side by side, you quite literally could not know the difference. Yeah. So,
1: I don't know. Is There we go. Prop. Proper, what you call it, Thank proper you. chaser management. For the next one we
0: do, we're going to take a break and we'll do a 960 frame per second slow-mo shot of you highballing. Ha <laughs> That's something I would really want to get more and more into is slow-mo shots. Mmm. Except for the price of the cameras. Oh, uh, yeah. The cheapest one, the next cheapest one past the one I use is five grand. Mmm. So, I do not have that at the moment. No.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, um, the, the only thing that, I, that genuinely just gets me upset sometimes is when people are constantly asking me for certain products and I, when I genuinely don't have the source for them because I don't mind giving up where to buy good quality cables, components, uh, if they need to do recaps on their system, whatever the case may be. But if people are telling me, okay, I'm good with circuitry. Okay, did you try looking up what goes here? And they're like, no, why not? Right. You're just telling me you're lazy. Um, I had a friend that was asking me for SCAR to VGA cables. And I'm like, check retro RGB first. Maybe the, maybe they, they can cover that. Your website can cover that better than me because I don't use that. I have no need for it. Right. Beast, it's not there. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, come on. You're that's And You're I'm like. They just mm-hmm. looking in the wrong spot. Yeah, they were probably looking in the wrong spot. And another one was when, um, by the way, shout outs to Mike Chi because the RGB to component transcoder is a glorious fucking piece of equipment. I actually tried it on my, my PVM 20L5, it, it rattled my brain.
0: Yeah, so I think this interview is going out after the one I just did with Mike,
1: mm.
0: not before it. So I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, but let's just say Mike's been busy.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. But yeah, I I kept I keep telling my friends like yo, um, if you don't want to invest in the PVM, dude, just get yourself a, a component CRT. Use the RGB to component transcoder. It'll do you justice. We had a we were testing it out at DTN. Yeah. If that if that if it's safe to say, what was it, the prototype?
0: That was the prototype. It turned out to be the final product. Right. The only difference is uh, a trace was um, he put a bodge on okay. to fix the trace, but it, it was the same design other than that. So got it, yeah. It so it performed just as good and as And
1: the thing. thing is I kept telling people like, yo, we were in the retro room, we had that big ass 32-inch JVC, we had my super gun, the Sentinel, hooked up via Genesis two. To the JVC, and it lo- and the third strike dudes were drooling all over themselves, and well, why can't I do? And I'm like, dude, I can't help you there.
0: I just yeah. Can't. I mean, the, the the trick really is if you're starting out get any Sierra, yeah, any absolutely anything at all, and then just go from there. You, you, know? s-
1: you see, when I dived into the rabbit hole in 2014. Um, I had bought a Meister and I bought Hajime no Ippo for PS3 at the same time. I have no idea how I remember that, but that's a really good game too. Um, bought those two, and then um, they, if I remember correctly, I got it from Solaris Japan. At the time, they were like 250 bucks. Bought it, got a couple of cables, and uh, I started with S-Video for the Super Nintendo because I had the Junior without the RGB mod, and I just finally did it years later. And it's just been up and up and up because the what I was using before was a Ben Q24. And then I gave the Ben Q24 to a friend of mine and I got my first PVM 14L5.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: From my buddy Gabe. And then I traded that off to my friend Joel, gave him some cash, he gave me an Ikigami, but it wasn't working correctly. Mm-hmm. Then I got the 20G1U and then traded the G1U to you and got the 20L5, and it's just been a luxury. But Mike, Mike Matei ended up with that one. You told me that. Yeah. You said it was going to Mike Matei. Yeah. And then now I just want a 29-inch CRT with component in just so I can go bananas with it.
0: So I'm going to tell my opinion, but i always going to preface this. Number one, any CRT you're winning. Number two, whatever looks good to your eyes yeah. is a win. But for me personally... A 20-inch Sony, you know, I guess a BVM that's been calibrated, that you know, the aperture grill screen. Yes. I want one of those for when I'm in my elitist moods, I guess you would say. And then just the biggest tube I could possibly get for day-to-day. Because, I mean, I just, um, yesterday I was testing out, I think I'm allowed to say this, I was testing out the final prototypes of the HD RetroVision Dreamcast cables. Mm. I tried it on the same JVC you're talking about, 32-inch in 480i. Mm-hmm.
1: I played Virtua
0: Cop, and it was awesome. I played it for, like, five minutes, and then I played it in 480p on a smaller BVM mm. that accepts, um, uh, you know, 32 kilohertz yeah. 480p. And it, it looked better, but I, I preferred the bigger screen. Yeah. Even though it was interleased, you don't get the flicker yeah. on the CRT that you do. So there's many times where, where size matters, but...
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man, but, yeah, goal right now for me, 25 to 29 CRT just so I can leave on my table so my friends come over to play fighting games, they don't have to lean all the way in. Right. <laughs> it's like, bro, come on, your back is making my back hurt. Stop that. And then that. keep that
0: 20.05, and the only upgrade I would ever suggest is if you end up scoring a mint D-series d yeah. that tube that's in yours is perfect. perfect.
1: Yeah, no, no, I would never get rid of it because, to be honest, I would just use that for... Uh, if I wanted to go balls to the wall, tate schmups.
0: True, true. Yeah, that's the one thing. It, you could have, you could have a fully recapped and calibrated D series BVM, yep. but if the tubes beat, yours is still gonna look better. Yep. Mine is gonna look <laughs> so, better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good call with that
1: one. Yeah, and I have the, and what's crazy is I'm also sitting on an eight inch PVM that was given to me by our friend Joey. He it was, ta- it, was it was taking up too much space in his place because he was. You know, they're in the process of moving, whatever the case may be. Hope that's not too personal, and I hope he doesn't rip me a new one in the ear. But he was just like, yo, do you want it? And I'm like, fuck it, I'll take it. And then I took it, and I threw my Saturn on it, and it looked fucking perfect. I was like, holy shit. So, yeah, that's the that's the current situation I'm in right now. So, when did you get the nickname Beast? Wow. Five years old. <laughs> I have a really good explanation for that. I have a very good explanation for that. So the name Beast... Oh, my God, I almost snarfed. So here's what happened. Fox 5 had just started showing off on Saturday morning cartoons, the X-Men series. Right. And Beast, in my opinion, was... He still is. I don't care what anyone says. And I don't care how many variants he has. He is still the coolest character in the X-Men series. Why? Because he's a pacifist, but he will fuck your shit up on site. Sure. And he likes to hang upside down and read documents for absolutely no reason. So... Very dynamic character. So when uh, Pizza Hut did the promo for where you get a large... I forgot which one it was. You get a large pizza, and X, Y, and Z. You pay an extra five bucks and you get the entire first season with a mail-in card. Cool, whatever. I had just started getting into comic books and there was a playground right in my grandmother's uh, backyard. I was hanging upside down reading the one, uh, reading uh, an issue of the X-Men series where he's upside down and Sabretooth is talking some good shit. He comes down and he just drop kicks him in the face. My uncle comes in, Chris, come inside! And then it's the whole fucking X-Men. And I'm like... Forget about it. <laughs> and then of course Beast has to greatest Beast, Beast has to do the intro where he just does a backflip and he's like ah let's grapple bitch I'm gonna throw you through a wall I love that show so fucking much and the crazy thing is throughout the entire series he's throwing subliminal messages at people and it's going right over everyone's head and he's like clearly dude, you do not have the mental capacity to compete with me and this is like damn Shade
0: that show would a lot though that was a great yeah. show yeah I just uh, I'm always nervous to go back and watch things from my childhood. So I rewatched uh, Night Rider, still <sighs> four seasons. First season's amazing. Two and three are good. Four is garbage. Don't even waste your time. Anymore. Yep. Uh, Airwolf. I got 20 minutes into the uh, pilot and it turned it off. I'm like, oh, I just ruined my childhood. Super cringe. And I was so nervous when I bought the DVD for X Men. And I'm like, oh, what's it gonna be? It's 100% holds up. One. 100%. The artwork was brilliantly done. Yeah, it was on
1: point. Scripting, the voice, everything. It's I, just. It's I was important. literally the only one in my group of friends who was yo, fuck Jubilee. What is. <laughs> she's useless. What? Oh. Ball rat. Yeah. Oh, uh, my favorite is, oh, women, this and that. And I'm just like, you're getting mad at me because she lost at a game and made the machine blow up. I'd be mad at her too. She doesn't know what that investment <laughs> costs. That's her fault. That's her salt and sodium that she needs to get off of. That's funny. You know, yeah, that was that was my thing. I was like, "Come on!" So the
0: uh, are... she,
1: my thing was, <laughs> it was like if she was so shook of getting hugged, hung up by a sentinel, why didn't she just hug the dude's feet? Boom, <laughs> one and done. Right. Let's see how useful you could be in a situation like that. What are you gonna do? Wait for Cyclops? And <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty funny. I just I remember very clearly the Phoenix Saga and the cartoon. It was so good. And I see The Idiot from Game of Thrones in this one, and I'm like, I can't do it. I haven't watched it yet. I couldn't give it a chance.
1: I couldn't either. Terrible actress. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I just, that was one, that was the one movie that I actually had a lot of hope for. And, yeah.
0: Pff,
1: night night. I, I just don't like the fact that uh, it went more politically as opposed to action-y.
0: But the, the real movies? I, yeah, I haven't seen the last two.
1: Yeah, the live action were more political than action-y because when we grew up watching the X-Men series, it was action, 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 action. Okay, here's the reason why we're fighting. Right. But whereas every three seconds, it's a new direction of character development, unnecessarily di- unnecessary dialogue, more character development, politics... More politics. Here's a fight sequence that only lasts two minutes.
0: Yeah, a lot of that too is um, when you get the big comic book universes like that. They're like, well, we need to give this character more dialogue because they're going to have their own, yeah, you know, their own movie in a year, and it's like, but they don't fit in the scene. We'll put them in. Well,
1: oh, yeah. all right. Fine. That was that was the buzzkill with the live action X Men series. the The actor choices were good. Oh yeah, Patrick Stewart
0: as Professor X. Come the fuck
1: on. That was our dream. Bruh, as a kid. We literally said it. If Patrick Stewart is not Professor X, we're going to fucking riot. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> right. And if my man that played Gandalf the Grey is not Magneto, we're going to fucking riot. Did you see that, vid, or that picture of him years ago? Uh,
0: Ian McKellen. He was at a gay rights there it thing. Is. Yes. Says, I'm Gandalf and Magnet. And Magnet. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. Oh, Hold that shit. You just, won, you just won the whole presentation. Everybody could go home. <laughs> the picture did it. You're all dismissed. <laughs> You're all dismissed. Excellent Get job. up.
0: Call us away and go home.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like, that, that would, that's my one thing when they do superhero movies now. It's just, don't do the politics. Give me, give me some badass... Shit-talking between the two. Then give me a little bit of story and character development. A bit of the plot... More fighting and then more as to why... The enemies are doing what they're doing like fucking Deadpool. <laughs> like fucking Deadpool. Deadpool, Deadpool nailed it right on the fucking hammer. Like That was my
0: favorite superhero movie.
1: Yeah, he's a I, douche canoe and and it, and it's Ryan Reynolds Deadpool. It works. I didn't know it was going to be like that. Yeah. walking into it. So I walked in
0: expecting to see like Iron Man.
1: No. I
0: I almost lost like I almost lost, lost consciousness from laughing so hard at least four or five times during that movie. <laughs> somewhere hey one last thing somewhere in this apartment I have hidden a pound of cocaine and a cure for blindness that's <laughs> it like, there were so many douchey things like that that I just thought were brilliant
1: and the best part is it's actually there <laughs> that's the one thing about Deadpool it's actually there
0: man that was so funny I oh, all that shit so what's on your list of stuff coming up for uh, purchases in the next year I guess we could say things you're looking come. forward to
1: okay so I'm being sent on a recon mission to Japan for a week.
0: That's next year, right? Yes, next,
1: uh, January.
0: Wait, so that's three months from now. Yeah, that's but
1: oh. that's just recon. Like it's, uh, I go, I land, I get the job done, and then I get a few days to myself. Okay. But then the big trip is uh, November 9th to the twenty fifth. We I come back uh, the day before Thanksgiving. That's uh, Osaka to Tokyo. Mm. That's November. Like that's. I love Japan in the fucking fall. It's beautiful. Really? Fat people sort of Yeah, I just walk around with a hoodie. Nine times out of ten, it's the Bullet Club. The little Japanese dude, they'll throw the two sweet up. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) let's go. Um, And uh, there's a nine out of ten chance that I will probably find. Because next year is the Olympics. That's why I'm avoiding it in the... You know, I don't go in the summertime because... I used to go in the summertime from 2009 to 2015. 2015, 2016, one of the two. 2017 was when I went in the fall and it was just perfect. Um, the temperature gets real. Like, it, it, it's not fat people friendly. Um, I'm talking after I got tattoo work, I was fading out walking. Oh, really? So I had to, like, go into the convenience stores, drink a shitload of Picari sweat. You know, grab a grab a onigiri fuel up and then just run for the train station as fast as possible because there's air conditioning in the train station. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like that was, and I was like, I'm not trying to do all that. Let me just go in the fall, let's see how it is. And I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And it's more enjoyable because there's less tourists. No one goes in the fall.
0: I'm just used to it anyway. Even, even like the week I was thinned once, I still sweat like this. So, same. And for the record, anybody watching, I obviously couldn't have. AC and fans cranking. Otherwise, you couldn't hear me. Yeah, bad enough that you have all the murders and sirens outside. So we're
1: sweating in here as it is, and family. on top of that, fuck the Girl Scouts. <laughs> yeah, tell that. Tell that
0: story. That's, a, that's so I was, random. I
1: was on my way here, and I was picking up breakfast uh, right by the L train at this spot called the Bad Bagel. And while I'm exiting out after grabbing a coffee to actually wake up and a sandwich. Through my headphones, I have my headphones on. I'm listening to the Streets of Rage remake soundtrack. All of a sudden, I hear through my headphones, Fuck the Girl Scouts! And I'm like, Well, shit, fuck the Girl Scouts! Shit, I'm with you on that one with them overpriced ass, good ass cookies. (laughs) Shit! And then I, you know, I just jump on the train and I make my way down. So it wasn't just random (laughs) crackheads? I I guess so. I didn't even want to (laughs) look.
0: I'm so. I, I mean, I grew up in Bridgeport, so I was desensitized to that from 10 years on, 10 years old on. But, like, some of the funnier stuff that you see... Like, one of the first things, I, was, I think I was walking to a concert, and there's a homeless guy who's... like He's got, like, a, a some kind of jacket on, but his shirt underneath, it's tattered. There's nothing left, mm. pretty much. You might as well not have a shirt on. And he's dead serious staring at nobody, walking through, right on the outskirts of Times Square, screaming... I've got a bottle under here, and I swear to God, I'll press this button. It's like, you don't get shit on, dude. <laughs> I can see your chest. Like, he's walking right by a cop, and cops are like, oh, fuck, I can play. Like, didn't get nothing in there. He's gonna let him go. Leave Do, him alone. If, he'll, you're watching, he'll wear himself
1: out. if you're watching this interview right now, please comment below. Hashtag FTGS. Please and thank you. Yeah, the randomness you see here. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was the one thing I just couldn't make. I'm like, oh, shit, Girl Scouts. What did they do to you? All right, fuck those Thin Mints and all those other cookies. Yeah.
0: Downtown LA, I think, is worse, though. Was, yes. Was my brother.
1: Isn't I, that where they where they picked up 99% of the cast from Bum Fights?
0: Mm. I don't even know. I, I honestly, I don't even know. <laughs> I just remember, like, because this, this reminds me of Bridgeport, where I grew up, and that Seems worse. Mm. That seems random, and no one seems to like. They're they're equally as immune to it there as mm. we are here, and it's just like at least most of our crackheads don't bother people
1: mm. for the most part.
0: We had I don't know what happened. There was one right at the end of my street here. I was actually at a bar with Arturo right at the end, and I told him this story. And I've 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 had so much weird shit happen in my life mm. that most people just. Assume I'm exaggerating or lying. It Drives me nuts. By the way, I never exaggerate or lie, unless you know it's blatant. And we're and I told him the story. There's a guy who uh, who's in a wheelchair who could definitely walk because you see him like sometimes push himself backwards. He's just crazy.
1: I've seen it happen. And too. And he's like
0: 30, 35 ish, and he'll wait till the light turns green and then wheel his wheelchair in traffic. And almost, and I mean every time it's the same thing. Everybody stops uh. in their brakes, beeping and. Every single time. And he can definitely walk. He just doesn't to be crazy. So we paid the tab. We walked to the corner. Art's waiting for an Uber. And sure enough, backwards it the wheelchair guy goes right in front of us. I was like, I fucking told you. I don't exaggerate. I don't lie. Art didn't, Art didn't doubt me anyway. He just thought, yo, yeah, Art, right so yeah. Art. Art's already seen all that shit. Mm-hmm. But all the oh weird stuff you we see around here. Pass me the hell up.
1: You can't make it up either. That's the yeah. best part. You can't make it up. Mm. <sighs> New it's York.
0: It's oddly... Comforting for me though. Maybe it's because I grew up around chaos, so it's like feels like being yeah. home. But.
1: <laughs> this is the type of shit you wish you could make up. Yeah. Make absolutely. you a professional
0: comedian. Oh boy. Well. This was awesome. I'm glad we finally did this. Indeed. Um, we've been talking about this for a while, but schedules and in, in heat. Imagine if we did this in 95-degree weather with no AC on. I will know. field
1: goal kick a baby, and I'll make uh. sure you fucking record it.
0: <laughs> right out that window. We would both be dying right now. We would both be in trouble. So, glad we did it in the fall. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, so where could people find you? So, you're, you stream. Uh, you're a pretty badass Tetris player, as well as many other things. Um and you, you go to these events as well, so where can people find
1: you? Yeah, when I'm able to go to the events, it's it's usually a luxury. When you brought me along to AVGC, that was a ton of fun.
0: Hell yeah. Um uh,
1: So you guys can find me at uh, Beast1X5 via Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Twitch. On Facebook, it's DJ DJBeastNYC. I used to DJ a long time ago. I still have decks. I was thinking about making a really silly video game mix and late 80s dance mix but that's that's to be uh, in your spare time no 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 I need to I need to conjugate everything but that those are the big three that I'm those are well big four that I'm on but yeah uh, I stream modern retro I have no issues giving out tech or uh, I also took time out to do um, optimal timings I utilized uh, Firebrand X's and I threw them into the OSAC downloadable bin files I did that because I'm tired of having to manually do it for everyone's. So I was just like, guys, here I did it. Here's the bin, import it, have at it, and uh, hopefully, when I figure out how to do these uh, Mega Gen- uh, Genesis Plus games, you'll probably see a couple from me. That
0: you'll would probably, be
1: killer. Yeah, I've already I have the OSTs loaded and ready to go for uh, three games actually. Oh, yeah. uh, Streets of Rage one using the remake soundtrack. Streets of Rage three and three and one with the remake OST, but part three is the uh, Japanese translation, and the third one I think it's been done, but it hasn't been pushed all the way is uh, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. That's a necessity, and you know what else I think I
0: would really like to see people do. All of Gabriel Pyron's work. All, yes. All the rest. No, no, no. Of course, like it, it'll. it'll be. I want to see those soundtracks put to his patches. Yeah, absolutely. So you pretty much end up having like arcade the games. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And um, the fact that I reached out to Terra Onion and I asked him about uh, Master System with uh, MP3 yes. audio, he actually was like, "Hey, that's being implemented soon." And I actually have the Yuzo Koshiro collection that actually has. Shinobi Arcade on it, so That's it's just awesome. it's just a matter of just dropping the MP3s in and hopefully figuring out how to properly set it up. So I want to play Outrun 3D on
0: the Master System with the arcade soundtrack. i yeah, hell yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I would I would I would genuinely like to play the arcade Shinobi OST with the Master System game, and if anyone ends up doing uh uh like rock covers to stuff from anything from the Genesis that I can use and implement for a Mega Drive Plus game, pfft, I'll do it. I'll see if I can reach out to
0: Stavage and see if he wants to donate any of his stuff. Oof. He's one of my favorite uh, like I, video game guitarists. I know a probably a disrespectful way to describe him, but he does awesome metal renditions. The
1: guitarist that covers video yeah, 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 game yeah. OSTs. No, that's good shit. Yeah, there was one guy that I saw do uh, the first stage from Power Rangers, the arcade game. No, the Super NES game. And my brain melted. There's a few people out
0: there that are really awesome.
1: But, yep, you guys can follow me there. Beast1X5 for Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. DJBeastNYC for Facebook.
0: Awesome. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.